Welcome to episode 28 of the Perfect Par Podcast. In this episode, Scott Fawcett and I continue our conversation. This time, we discuss strokes gained, how it works, and why you should use it instead of traditional stats. Let's hop in. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, some common questions surrounding decade I get when I talk to people about it. And the first one is strokes gained. The number of people who still don't understand what strokes gained is kind of surprises me. So could you explain what strokes gained is and how people can use it to help them? It's super simple. The easiest way to explain this is, is rather than thinking in feet on a putt or yards of a shot or condition of the lie, think in strokes to hole out. So if I have an eight foot putt on the PGA Tour, my make rate is 50-50. It takes me an average of 1.5 strokes to hole out. So rather than thinking at eight feet, I'm eight feet, think I'm at 1.5 strokes. Now, if I make that eight foot putt, I have moved the ball one and a half strokes closer to the hole in only one stroke. So I picked up a half a shot against my expectation. If I two putted, I've, I've lost a half a shot and I can't hit the ball one and a half times. So I'm either gaining or losing a half a shot from eight feet. Yeah. 32 feet is where they average. And there's daily adjustments, you know, to get nitpicky you know, based course. on pin positions and greens and everything. But that's how it works generically. Now we go to 32 feet. And that's where they average two strokes to hole out. So if I two putt from 32 feet, I have moved it two strokes closer to the hole in two strokes. That's a, a, a zero. Obviously making and three putting would be gaining or losing one shot. Now we go to 100 yards in the fairway. On the PGA Tour, they average 2.8 shots to hole out from 100 yards in the fairway. So again, rather than thinking 100, 100 yards, think I'm 2.8 shots. Now if I hit it to eight feet, I've hit it from 2.8 shots to 1.5 shots. I've moved that ball 1.3 shots closer to the hole in one shot. So I gained 0.3 shots by, by doing that. And so then you just run that, you know, that algebra on every single shot you hit. We have a starting baseline for every shot. So a 400-yard par four, I think, is 3.98 shots. But for ease, let's just call it four shots on a 400-yard hole. I hit, it, I hit it 300 yards down the fairway. Now I've moved it from four shots to hole out to 2.8 shots to hole out. If I gain 0.2 shots. If I then move that to eight feet, I've now gained another 0.3 shots. Now I've gained 0.5 shots. And then I make my eight foot putt. I've gained one full shot because I gained 0.2 on the drive, 0.3 on the approach, and 0.5 on the putt. I made a three on a hole that I should make a four on, and it all sums. I mean... That's really how simple it is. And again, now we know every number from fairway bunkers, rough, trees. You know, if I hit it out of bounds, that I'm, I haven't moved it anywhere. I'm just reteeing. So I just lost two shots. I mean, that's the most obvious example there is. I lost two shots by not moving it a single inch closer to the hole. Yeah. And for the people still skeptical of getting on board with it, because I know there are some people that will be, What is what is the real benefit of using strokes gained over like greens and regulation or putts per round? Well, the real benefit is nothing more than you get actual data, what went good and what went bad. I mean, I'm trying to think of the best example of how to explain this. Fairways hit. If somebody called you and said, or called you, <laughs> if somebody you're talking to somebody and they said, I hit 57% of the fairways today, is that good or bad? I don't know. Did you hit a sandwich off the tee or did you hit it 360? I mean, yeah. I need more information. Did you hit it in the in the water half the time? I mean, 
So fairways hit in isolation is essentially a totally irrelevant statistic. Um, you know, you, you want to be maximizing distance, but at some point, if you're hitting it in water hazards too often, then that's a bad outcome. So the, the traditional statistics, I'm just trying to think of one greens and regulate. Actually, this is where Mark Brody, like Mark Brody is way smarter than me. He's a Dean, you know, he's an Ivy league business school professor. I get it. The guy's better yeah. at math and smarter than me. Um, this is where he just he correctly talks about, you just have to think of these things in fractions of shots. I was talking to Mark one day, I was actually up in, in Canada of all places in Vancouver. And we were talking about, you know, what's the most relevant statistic or whatever. And I was like, you know, greens and regulation. And Mark was like, actually, that's the least relevant because it's perfectly correlated to score almost. So if somebody tells you I hit 65% of the greens and regulation, I can pretty much tell you what their scoring average is. Again, you've got terrible putters and chippers and whatever, great putters, and chippers, but yeah. for the most part, greens and regulation is what's going to drive your scoring average. And so aside from that one, the traditional stats, certainly putts per green and regulation is totally irrelevant because we're not taking into account the length of the, the starting putt. Um, up and down rates is, is kind of important, but you might just be a great putter. I mean, there was a, there was a stats board that a college had one time that somebody asked me to comment on. They're like, this looks amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but they're missing so much. The up and down rate, the, the people that were first and second in up and down rate, because uh, you can see like this long stats board and uh, they'd be like, oh, well, that's the best chipper. And I'm like, well, doesn't it also, isn't it important that they're also number one and two and four to eight foot putting? And then the guys that were literally seventh and, uh, excuse me, eighth and ninth in up and down rates, they were eighth and ninth. They're like, it could not have been more perfect than it was. The best short game was the best short putters. The worst short game was the worst short putters. And there's just so many things like that where, unless you're controlling out each aspect. So again, with strokes gain, we control out the putting portion of it. We control out the chipping portion of it. So I'm not asking, did you get this ball up and down? I'm asking, how did, how close did you hit this chip? And that's fundamentally different than what your up and down rate was, because you might just be the worst four foot putter on the planet, but the best chipper on the planet. That would be really unusual, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. At what point in strokes gained, you know, when you're looking at your strokes gain after the round per shot, at what, what's the threshold for a bad shot based on strokes gain metrics? Is that losing 0. 0.3, 0. 0.5? So the, the, that actually might be an issue. Again, this is where, again, I try to pay guys like Mark Brody and, and Lou Stagman, these guys that are real data scientists, as much credit as I can, because they're so good at manipulating the Shotlink database. And I graduated from college in 1996 and functionally haven't used my brain since. So I don't know how to, do, to manipulate the majority of the Shotlink database the way those guys do. But on, on PGA Tour, you know, when you've got tour credentials to log in, they have a, a shot gained or lost 0.5 shots. I just always use that as a good barometer. When I'm going through a new player, you can just highlight this button that says shots that gain or, or shots that lost more than 0.5. And it just kind of highlights them. And then I'll go look at those shots. So it's not like I have any math saying these are the worst 10% of shots or whatever, but that's where they drew a line in the sand, obviously, I'm sure just because it's a, a kind of a round number, even though it's not even a round number whatsoever, <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a round point in there. But also then what we use is all the time with my younger players, I'll show them how many shots on any given week they lost more than 0.5 shots on. And for some of these guys in a bad week, it could be seven, eight, nine pretty easily. 
And there'll be shots where it's like, you were 110 in the fairway, you missed the green, way short-sided in a bunker, and you lost 0.55 shots or something. Like, did you have to do that? And then when I try to illustrate them, and I'm, I haven't quoted this number of COVID, I've kind of lost all my stats, but the, this number is somewhere approximately correct. I think it was, the, it was either the 2005 or the 2008 season. In the entire season, Tiger hit 23 approach shots total that lost more than a half a shot. Like he just didn't wow. hit bad shots. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's probably a function of being pretty good at golf. But also, I do believe that his strategy was just impeccable. And these guys, again, on tour, they're so good that as long as they're not trying to shape it the other way and hit a double cross, or they're just they're just playing too aggressive, or they're playing with their head halfway up their butt, they're capable of not hitting bad shots, you know, materially bad shots. And again, that's where I just have to try to use this stuff with these players. Like again, on a weekly basis, it's comical when you go through eight shots in a single tournament that lost more than 0.5 shots. You have to go through eight with these guys. And just all of them are just dumb. And again, it always comes back to this, this Tiger 5 that I talk about. You know, how many, how many double bogeys, how many bogeys on par fives, three putts, blown easy saves, and bogeys with nine iron or less. Like those are the shots where you're just like, finish, you're like, I should have done better than that. That was stupid. Those will always kind of show up in that lost 0.5 shots or more. It, actually, what's funny is when we were designing the decade stats interface, I'm sure you've actually seen it now that I think about it. Like I sent the P, a screenshot of the PGA Tours, that, that shot link interface that I'm talking about. I'm like, this is what I want it to look like. And I swear to God, it's identical. Or I'm like, well, I didn't want it to actually be identical. But you can get in there and you can highlight that lost 0.5 shots or more. And that's what I tell people like, dude, don't bother going through your whole round. Highlight those 0.5s. And then you have to be objective. You have to get in there and really say, could I have done something different than that? Was I really committed? Again, that's the mental scorecard that we track in decade. Also, you will see a high correlation between your negative mental scorecard holes and those shots that lose more than 0.5 shots. They are extremely correlated. Now, again, this is where separating out the bias of hitting a bad shot and wanting to chalk it up to mental and not physical. That's, it's a really difficult thing to do. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Perfect Par Podcast. You can find out more about my guest in this episode and where you can find them in the episode description. If you want to view the entire interview now, you can do so at theperfectpar.com. You can also find out more about me and shorter podcast clips on my Instagram at carter.strout or my Twitter at carterstrout.